It is 24 minutes after the hour here on the Trout Large. Don't talk bad. Brought to us by Manchester Mayor Ted Gatsis. He says the city is undergoing a renaissance and he has crafted a blueprint to harness that energy. Among the things that he is highlighting in his 12-point plan are the opioid epidemic. He uh, points to the nationally recognized safe station program, which he has now successfully persuaded Governor Sununu and others in state uh, government to help fund. And he says the next step is to identify safe, affordable recovery housing in Manchester so that those folks going through safe station and drug court don't have to go back to the same drug infested neighborhoods where their dealers and other users are located. Lawrence? <laughs> you know, Lawrence is a really big problem for us. It always no, has good. been. Let's have a train go from there to here. Yeah, well, let's have two. Can go in both directions. <laughs> Learn more about the mayor's blueprint for the Queen City, his 12 point plan, one point for each of the city's 12 wards, at tedgatzis.com slash plan. That's tedgatzis.com slash plan. All right. So uh, open lines at 606 6762. Anything you wish to discuss. But uh, I, I know I'm fascinated by the whole idea. Like I said, I think it's a productive exercise. But can you um i mean the dislocation would be amazing oh. i think just the fact that we're talking about it if somebody with a legitimate business unlike amazon a monopoly yeah. uh from another state was listening and said hey you know what that might be us that could move there yeah. well i'm hoping one of the things that comes out though i'm hoping one of the things that comes out of this is the state goes through the exercise to try to become more attractive to yeah, a big employer like locations. that it, it'll it'll figure out how it can be more attractive in general one of the things that Mayor Wazorek did in conjunction with the uh, Chamber of Commerce is it is it, uh, it he launched what was called the Business Visitation Program because the Economic Development Office made the argument that, you know, I forget the specific statistics. Let's just say 75, 80 percent, because that's probably close enough for government work uh, of of job growth comes from existing employers, not the importation of, of new businesses. Right. So if three quarters to four fifths of your uh, you know, employment growth comes from your existing businesses, then we need to find out what will better enable them to grow. So we, we launched a concerted effort. That's how I met some of you know, people that I still have as friends today, like uh, uh, Kathy over at Jutra uh, Sign and all that other fun stuff. What is it that uh, it, we had a list of questions, they sort of like prepared questions uh, so that we could gather consistent data. And we would go speak to the owners of businesses and find out those things that um, they found good, they found bad, that they liked, that they didn't like, that would be helpful, that would be obstacles, et cetera, et cetera. And we compiled information that basically said, hey, here are the areas that you needed to address. And I'm not going to talk about it. 20 year, it was 25 years ago, give or take. But the, you know, you, eventually you see themes. And one of the themes at the time was, you guys need to get your, you know, your, your regulations, your inspection practices. You know, there's, you know, Gatsis is, is, is done as well as anybody at trying to bring that stuff to heel. But, you know, businesses by and large want to be left alone. They're happy to pay their taxes so long as you don't feel they're picking. There was one uh, company. It was uh, called Carroll Cable at the time. It's still there uh, right on uh, McGregor Street. Is it McGregor Street there? Yeah, I guess it is. McGregor Street, right down. At, they they just wanted to know how to put a crosswalk from one side of McGregor Street to the sidewalk on their side of McGregor Street because one of their employees had been hit and killed by a car trying to cross the street walking to work. 
Other than that, we're good. Yep. How do we get a crosswalk put in? And if there isn't an ongoing dialogue between the business community and the governing entities. How would they know? Uh, you well, know I mean, what if you already had a crosswalk plan in place and you were right. halfway through it and the company never right. found that out? So. Right. You, and, you know, you got you to show them the love. And yeah. the way you show them the love is to say, hey, we're here. We care. What can we do for you? Well, we don't even have Internet service up north yet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how would you put something like this somewhere in New Hampshire doesn't have Internet service? Yeah. Well, I see. I think prisons are the perfect place for Berlin because, you know, there's there are a lot of empty houses there to break sure. into. So there's still you can't steal anything. Oh, my goodness. But, um, yeah. So apparently Chicago's in the running for this. Who knows? That's great. <laughs> then give them the Olympics on top of that. But, you know, economic development. And, and I got to tell you, you know, I really think that New Hampshire has to have a fundamental rethink of uh, its emphasis points in the economy. I, I, to be perfectly blunt, I think the North Country swings a uh, disproportionate weight to what it provides the state. Yeah, I know they're a tourist mecca, but let's let's consider what the jobs, the quality of the jobs that tourism provides. Um, you know, how many hotel chambermaids do you have to have in your community before you're considered uh, a success? Uh, uh, or or waiters? Wait, now I'm not putting any of that down. I've done a lot of that work. I've waited tables. I've bus tables. I've tended bar. I've worked in service industries. I got nothing wrong with it. But if you want to talk about a state that uh, uh, provides jobs that provide a decent standard of living for middle-class families, you're not going to get it necessarily by building hotels or, or by opening quaint little shops that are seasonal or whatever the case may be. Of course, then you have ATVs and snowmobiles. AT- <laughs> Who would have thought you know, have years thought? ago right. they, uh, snowmobilers would dominate yeah. an area? So, But the whole reason why we're, you know, we're bogged down in this whole Northern Pass mess is because people are like, the birds and trees are going to have their views despoiled. Well, what decision has the North Country made about anything that's made any sense for the rest of the state of New Hampshire? Yeah, we had Eddie call about power costs, right? One of the reasons why we have the issues that we're trying to bring in, what, 1.2 gigawatts of... Uh, of uh, um, Cleanly generated electricity from Canada. Yeah, and, and we got to put up with people complaining about power uh, power towers despoiling the view. Do you really think that people are going to not choose New Hampshire as their vacation destination because there are power lines? And if so, where were you when they were building four hundred foot tall windmill towers on top of mountain ridges, which, in my opinion, is far uglier? You know, I'm convinced people don't really see the power lines. They just accept that power lines exist. They see them in their everyday life. And is it really going to wreck the New Hampshire landscape? You're not. How, how are they different than a ski area? Well, like, oh. Right? You cut a big swath up the side of a hill. You yeah, call it a ski take area. Take down the trees. Everybody put up towers, loves it. Yeah, you, call, you put some towers on it instead of ski lifts, and uh, suddenly it's a horror show. Yeah. You know? Just tell everybody it's, it's a 150 long, 150 mile long ski area. Yeah. Just put some chairs, dangle some chairs <laughs> off them. Well, you know, I told, you know, someone told me, and, I, and I, I'm relatively confident that it's true, but one of the reasons why Claremont is a backwater is because back in the days when I-89 was being built, Claremont didn't want it. Yeah. So Claremont and, and other communities fought the location of Interstate 89. Good for you. How'd that work out? 
<laughs> yeah. You know? Well, no, I know what we could do. We could build the Northern Pass, right? And you know how we take a, a radio tower and we put branches on it, make it look like a fake, big, fake tree? Mm-hmm. We'll just hang uh, little <laughs> chairlifts off of the power lines, and everybody will think it's a big, long ski area. We can, we can paint them sky blue so there they blend go. into the landscape. You won't that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, in Berlin, why why is Berlin gone to hell in a handbasket? Well, well, you know, power costs, uh, po- paper is a pretty power-intensive industry. When your yeah. power costs shoot through the roof and your property taxes and your business profits taxes are confiscatory, these power they, these paper companies say, you know what? We can make pulp anywhere. Bye-bye. Norway. Norway. They make it over in the Scandinavian countries. There you go. They get subsidized and you're done. Yeah, I, I just it's it. it it's, We're eating salmon wrapped in newspaper. It, it's crazy. <laughs> it, it really is. And then uh, there was something that was being talked about at. Um, oh, it was the Rex Theater, the board of mayor and alderman last night. We'll get some more details out of Mayor Ted Gatsis on that this morning. And, they, you know, there's a part of the purchase and sale agreement that says they, that the, the owners of the Rex Theater will make a payment in lieu of taxes that will be equal to. um that that will be equal to the taxes paid, not including school tax, you know, the education tax. The big whopper on the tax bill. The big whopper on the tax bill. Right. Not if you're Jim O'Connell, though. It's not a big enough whopper on the tax bill. So right. they, But for 10 years of ownership, well, not 10 years. <clears throat> well, yeah, 10 years of ownership, they'll make a payment in lieu of taxes. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the first five years, because they're going to do a, what's called a 79E exemption, they'll pay on the building at its current value, which is only 300 some odd thousand dollars, it'll be worth at least double that, probably triple that once all the renovations are done. Mm -hmm. So five years, they'll pay at the current tax rate, a payment in lieu of taxes, the municipal county, all all the non-school taxes. Then five years, they'll pay at the rate that, uh, you know, based on their value uh, after that exemption goes away. And then after 10 years, (gasps) shock, you know, it could go to a nonprofit and then pay nothing in taxes, and that right. would be bad. Well, maybe it would be, maybe it won't be. But all of a sudden, you have people on the board of aldermen like Dan O'Neill who can't complain about not spending enough money enough talking about the incentives necessary to get businesses to develop downtown. And it always seems to center now, the last two board of mayor, always seems to center around uh, eliminating regulations and uh, lowering tax burdens. Uh, but they'll complain bitterly that the city isn't spending enough money to take care of ABCD. Right. In the meantime, they'll sit there and they'll throw rocks at the mayor for working secretly on a proposal that he wasn't asking for a vote on, on a solar power array and a solar power purchase agreement to fund a quarter of the city's electricity needs for the next 25 years at a saving annual savings of about $220,000 a year, savings plus revenue. And somehow he's a bad man because he brought forward a presentation to inform the board that will refer it to committee to further query the details before it makes any final recommendations to proceed. I just, you sit there and you wonder, is the Kool-Aid really that green? <laughs> I mean, what do you make it? I, is, I don't know, Ed. I, I, Isn't I, that all exempt from 91A? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could sneak Nancy Tester into Board of Mayor and Alderman meetings, get an email. <laughs> Find hey, out what's going on. You're going to know a non-public session. But so, I, I mean, I, I take a look at this, and I don't know. I, I, I have my misgivings about these these tax break deals and, and things like that because you, you get— you, Stadiums. You, yeah, you get, uh, you, you get developers that will 
that will ask for it, whether they quote need it or not to make the numbers work. And that's fine. I suppose if it's Spurs thing, my idea is you want to renovate properties. One of the simplest and easiest things you can do is adopt a workable, flexible, uh, 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 set of codes, coordinate your code activity. And oh, by the way, if it's a renovation project, I proposed this 20, uh, let's see, 16, uh, 16, 17 years ago. Waive the fees for the permits on right. renovation projects so that that money can go into the into the project. You want to build something new? You pay the fees. You want to renovate something? Here's our incentive. We won't charge you the fees. And by the way, we'll work with you. We'll recognize that your building was built in 1892. Right. And we're not going to expect you to act like it was built in 2012. Every structure can be made safe and usable within its original construction design. And that ought to be the goal, in my never-to-be-humble opinion, as your ever-humble host of any building code. This is Gerard at Large. 